and welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. This I'm is, Jordan. Uh, okay, I'm Micah. You're Micah. I'm Jordan. And we're here to, um, we exist to prove people wrong when people say... Sequels are never better than the originals. And we are going through the conglomerate that is DCEU, the DC and we are Extended at Universe. the end of what's currently out as of this recording. Yes, next week for all of you fun people... I mean, because you don't get to hear the episodes ahead of time. Next week, you will be hearing The Suicide Squad, James Gunn. And we will have seen it and recorded an episode. But as of this recording, we're still over a month before the movie comes out. So uh-huh. um, so today, we're really putting to the test whether sequels are better than the originals. Because we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. And that is not only a sequel, but it's part of this, it's the ninth movie in this franchise. Yeah. So. Nine? Yeah. It's wow. eight or nine. Okay. And um, and then at the end of this episode, we'll be ranking our DC movies, even though, or maybe we should do that on Suicide Squad. Should, yeah. We'll Since do it on Suicide when they, Squad. When they're listening to this, it will have been out, basically. You're right. Okay, we'll do that. Um, But here we are, and I'm... Uh, we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. And I'm scared to talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to know why I'm scared to talk about it? Because you liked it. Well, I don't want to say yet. Okay. I want to I I I tease the listener a little bit. because your opinions do not align with popular opinion. That may be the case. So this movie came out in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day, right? I believe it was, yeah. And it before the movie came out, critic scores and stuff were really high. Uh-huh. And you and I didn't see it. We didn't watch it on HBO. I figured we're about to do the DC Universe like this next year. I'm not going to watch this movie because if it's bad, I don't want to have to watch it twice. Yep. So, and then I'm told by friend of the show, Michael Combs, the movie's really bad. Yeah. So I go, okay skipping it yeah and i you know dc's done me dirty so i don't owe them anything that's how i feel definitely then last night we're getting ready to watch the movie well i forgot to say so critics were like this is a great movie but a lot of people didn't see it because they didn't get screeners and then when it came out it's like kind of insane the amount of drop it went because it was up like really high meta score really high user rating and then the day and weekend it came out it dropped so much which hardly happens in the fashion in which it happened i think people got like offended by how bad this movie was i think so like how big the outrage was on this movie yes and so last night we're getting ready to watch it for the first time and in my head i thought okay the best case scenario and what i hope for is that i will at least probably not like the movie but at least go i wish i liked it yeah, Speaking I see potential. Wishes. Yeah. Um, so we sit down to watch it, and I, I take a picture on Instagram, and I say, watching Wonder Woman 1984 for the podcast. And friend of the show, Taylor Brown, responds, and she says, absolute trash. Can't wait to hear you guys rip this movie apart. <laughs> then Dominic Reyes, friend of the show, uh-huh. he says, um, he said, like, uh, good luck, I think is what he said. Okay. And then my sister said, let me know what you think. I thought she was like, 
gearing up for like, ooh, I want to hear how much you didn't like it. Turns out she hadn't seen the movie yet, so yeah. she actually was like, what do you think? Now to all of you people who are ready for us to rip this movie apart, here's, here's all I ask. Give us the chance of listening to the full episode and not hating us. <laughs> because here's the thing. I loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I am not. I kept waiting for what I assumed would be what everyone was talking about. The yeah. trash of the movie. Yeah. And I kept not having it happen. And about halfway through the movie, I thought, well, at the very least, I'm going to really like it and maybe not like the ending, like the original uh -huh. Wonder Woman. But I loved it. I had so much fun. And you and I took a walk afterward, the movie, because it finally cooled off enough that we could. And we were just trying to, we were actually trying to figure out why people didn't like the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect movie by any sure, means. Sure. Sure. But... The movie's good. So so go ahead. I, I talked so much. No, I had to I, set it up. I, same here. I mean, we're getting ready to watch this movie, and I, I have been really dreading it because, I mean... You've been really dreading default, it. I could tell. Default in the DC universe is it's just not going to... It's going to be like scratching my head not good on how did this get... Yeah. Like, how did this yeah. get made? And then as it's like getting through the first act and stuff, it's like... When does this drop off, though? Because this movie really feels like it knows what it is. Yeah. And it's very confident. And it looks way better than the last one. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I, like I said, it's not a perfect... We're not arguing that this is, like, a masterpiece, perfect, perfect, perfect thing. No. But it's it was just really good and really enjoyable. And it's, like, I think they really did a good job on nailing, like, the 80s vibe for making an 80s movie. Well, I think one of the biggest things that surprised me is as much of a fan of Marvel as we are, I felt like this movie baseline is at least as good as like B-rate Marvel. What's a B-rate Marvel movie? Um, I'm trying to think in my head right now, but um, uh, you know, something that like everybody likes, but maybe isn't a big box office movie. Well, this, this movie is so good because it, it's really funny. I, I remember hearing, I was thinking about this actually today, how it, it actually, I feel like it's the ignorant bliss thing can really help you in movies because I don't stay up on movie news. That's, yeah. that's Micah's role in our relationship. And my only role in our relationship. <laughs> and there, I, I just, I, I used two years ago, every morning, my daily news was going on IMDb news yeah. to see what the new movie news is. And I just don't care anymore. So whenever there's a new development or a new thing, I just don't know what's happening. And I feel like that I knew that people didn't like this movie and that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, I'm listening to the blank check episode on it and they're talking about all of this stuff leading up to this movie that because they're very into movie news and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm glad that I didn't know all of these things. Cause I think it, I, I can have, I have a tendency of uh, having an opinion about something before I see it. And it's right. kind of hard to get over it. So it was nice knowing that it was so bad. It, all it did was lowering my expectations. Cause I didn't know why. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember the only thing I did know was that Kristen Wiig was in the movie. And when they announced her, I was like, Why? Yeah, Which I thought that was really, weird. It does it does feel weird, but if you really think about it, why would I like have a reaction to that? I have never seen one thing that I didn't like her in. That's She's true. She's always so good. Of course, I have seen her mostly in comedies, but I have seen her in like dramatic roles too and she's super good. 
Yeah. So I don't, I'm dumb on that because she was, she like watching this movie. It's like, she's a perfect casting for this. She is she was so, really good. so good. And like, oh, okay. Well, just, yeah. people are probably screaming right now. The people who don't yeah, like I this just movie. Think, yeah. I just want to clarify that. I Here's what I will say. I think when she becomes Cheetah at well, the end. Yeah. That's why the movie's not perfect. The, the CGI and stuff. It's awful. That it's so pa- bad. I, I am not going to defend that, okay? I'm going to defend the rest of the movie, the characters, all that stuff that I really, really liked. That part was like, ooh, woof. But oh, was that awful. was like the only part I didn't the like. The interesting thing, <laughs> so I, I guess the whole Aries thing in the last movie, she didn't want to do that, Patty Jenkins. She didn't, really? She, yeah, she didn't want to be this big, huge no battle way. special effects thing yeah i mean that's what they're saying on blank check that she didn't want that wow and then in this movie what she wanted was to, how to defeat the villain is talking and that's what, what and she got it so she got away good. but they made it sound like that she knew that she couldn't just do that though yeah studio wise and it, to me it's like okay well that explains away the cat thing for me like that yeah. wasn't appeasing like you could almost just like skip that scene if you yeah. had it on dvd you or something. absolutely could and like because I think, you know, we are expecting at this point, it's a superhero movie, there's got to be some creature, monster, alien suit that's really nuts. Yeah. We're, we're just expecting it. And for most of this movie, it's like, I don't think we're going to get that at all. Uh-huh. This is awesome. It's just human nature. Yeah. And one thing that I really liked, too, that they were, t- I, I will try not to talk about the episode the whole time. This is the last thing I'll say about it that uh-huh. I, that I really responded to and agree with. Um, well, you're you're doing research. Kudos. You were doing extra research. To people talk about their opinions. Yeah. But they they were talking a lot about how you know a wonder Wonder Woman has like the same problem as Superman. Uh-huh. You know, it's just like well, it's Superman. Uh-huh. Like what what can we throw at him that he's not going to be able to cha- like what's going to challenge him? But they you know they were really complimenting Patty Jenkins because for her, it's not a, a strength issue. It's a moral morality issue yeah. with her. And it's like, Whoa, that's so true. And I know we talked about that in the last wonder woman episode, but I feel like this one even more. So hammers that whole idea where it's like, it, it doesn't matter that she's super strong and they, they got away with it in this movie because mm-hmm. she just explained her way out of it. Yeah. Be- because the whole movie has heard, the whole mor- we'll get into the ethical morality stuff that she goes through to get and grow as a character yeah so good that's amazing yeah that's what i want i know i i am curious i i almost want people to let me know why they don't like it so much but by the time this episode comes out i'll be like ah, i saw the movie like two months ago i'm not gonna remember the specifics <laughs> but um yeah uh my my thought the only thing i can think of outside of like going through and reading a bunch of reviews on the movie or something is and it's okay i'm not i'm not trying to say that this is a wrong or bad opinion you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i think people maybe missed that the movie is very it's very much like hey we're we're gonna kind of pretend like this movie not only happens in the 80s but is a movie that came out in the 80s because this, to me, felt like it had like the cheesiness of an old '80s movie, and even the score. When that that first scene where we're in 1984, Hans Zimmer basically took the the John Williams Donner Superman and he he did his own thing with it, 
and he, he didn't rip it off or anything, but he he kind of played with those colors. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm watching like the old Wonder Woman TV show or something. This is not trying to be the previous Wonder Woman. It's not trying to be a Zack Snyder movie. It's just trying to do its own fun thing. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not telling you to like turn off your brain when you watch the movie, because I don't think you need to with this. It's just... This, it knows what it is. This movie's like, let's be goofy and let's have fun. Because remember, you can have fun when you're dealing with you know, properties that are made for children at the end of the mm-hmm. day. They don't have to be dark and intense. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's not why you didn't like the movie. But I just think that's possible that a lot of people were like, oh, magic rock and magic, like all, all this like wishing magic. It's like, uh, yeah. And Aladdin's cool, and it's all about wishes. Well, what the, are you saying? The big thing that okay, this is the last thing I'll say about the episode now. But <laughs> they were talking about that too. How pe- people probably didn't like the myst- mysticism of this magic rock where you—it's the monkey's paw, and you just wish. And it's like really, it's a magic stone. We're supposed to get on board with that. And they brought up the whole argument where it's like, well, in Marvel, they have five or six magic—six st- magic stones, <laughs> six magic stones that you can wish on. Yeah. And they put it in a special made glove to make one big wish. Yeah. It's, you know, so that to me, the fantasy was not that far fetched. I didn't think so either. And it felt like, oh, this is, this is Wonder Woman in the 80s and it's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. And I just loved it. It was so fun. But now we've, we've set the table. Yeah. So now please stick with us, folks. The movie's directed by Patty Jenkins. Uh, screenplay is by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, who we've already talked about in a previous episode, and Dave Callahan. Yes, Callahan, not Callahan. Okay. And he's a writer on Expendables, Godzilla, Ant-Man. Hans Zimmer returns for the score, and my goodness, I was rocking out to the score earlier today. The song Game, or The Game, or something That's like the that. the first one of the movie. It, it's the one, yes. The obstacle course, yeah. Or the game. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. The song's called The Game. (laughs) Thank you. That song's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That's like worth the price of admission alone. I remember when the movie started and that was going, I couldn't help but smile and get wrapped up in everything Diana was doing because the score was that good. Yeah. And I was like, okay, even if this movie sucks, it was worth it to hear what I'm hearing right now. The score's amazing. Uh, The cinematography is by Matthew Jensen, who also did the cinematography for Wonder Woman. Well, they did a better job. They did? Yeah. Uh, It came out on the 25th of December, 2020. It had a $200 million box office, and domestically it made 46.5, and worldwide it made 166 million. Now, if anyone's, well, if anyone's in the future, uh, theaters have been closed for seven months, and this movie comes out, and this is like the first movie besides Tenet to come out yeah and this is a big hbo max and this is when stream. hbo max announces we're gonna do day and date it's gonna come out in theaters and on our streaming service and you don't have to pay extra yeah so we're gonna get into those numbers of the people watching at home okay in just a minute um actually let me yes the film got 2.25 billion minutes in its first three days which they is, do it by minutes, just as is that so that like people who didn't finish the movie. Oh, I I don't know. That's just minutes. Right. Uh, but that that is the equivalent to fourteen point nine million complete viewings of the movie. Okay. So, um, 
I think. I mean, it's like, how do you quantify that? You can't. Yeah, you'd have, to, wise. you'd have to look at like their shareholders and see how many people signed up for HBO Max, you know? Yeah, I guess. Um, but I think... But it still doesn't tell you how many people saw the movie. You, but like like six people could have watched the movie on one person's account. Yeah. But I mean, also in box office, you don't know how many different people are seeing a movie. You know, because you could see the movie four times if you wanted. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I think... I think that HBO was pretty darn happy with that result because they they have the streaming service, which I really like. There's some bugs on the system, but their selection's amazing. And they're, like, way behind the curve on, like, subscriber numbers. And this boosted their subscriber numbers quite a bit. Oh, I'm sure, especially doing it on Christmas was so smart because a lot of family – a lot of – a tradition for a lot of families on Christmas Day is to go to the theaters. Isn't that, like, some of theaters' biggest days of the year? Oh, it is theaters' biggest day. Yeah. So – that that's like a no-brainer yeah and um yeah it's hard to know like the box office you know it obviously didn't make its money back at the box office yeah but i mean we were closed here we couldn't have gone and seen it if we wanted to um and i think a lot of the country it was closed definitely new york and la which are the biggest in the u.s right so um so this is the first hbo day and date movie um Oh, yeah, and I remember this was supposed to come out last June. Yep. And this is definitely a summer movie. And there's even, like, them playing the game at the beginning of the movie. I was like, this was supposed to be an Olympics yeah. year and stuff. I, I think, I think honestly, had it come out when it was supposed to, I think the reception would have been a lot better. Yeah, I think so, too. Because I think people would have been just wrapped up in the wonder of seeing a fun summer blockbuster. Yeah. And having fun in the summer. And, it, you know, there's like a big July 4th sequence in the movie. Mm-hmm. People would have been all over that. Um, And, yeah, I remember it was it was always like, when are they going to release this movie? And, and watching and, and checking release dates and stuff. And then they just bet it all and just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty Jenkins was still paid uh, a bonus for the movie, which, you know, she has like a bonus if it makes a certain amount of money. Okay. But since they didn't really give her a real theatrical release, they still paid her what she, like her bonus if it had been a box office smash. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Um, and she was, she is worried about, at the time, she was cited as like very worried about the release of future movies. As every director is yeah. probably quoted in saying. But she, you know, she doesn't really have a choice in this situation. Like, Definitely. I. From what I can gather, I think she would have waited out the pandemic. Yeah. If she could have. Um, and then on two days after the movie came out, they greenlit a Wonder Woman 3. And they promised her that it'll be theatrical. Okay. Um, and then they also have announced that they're going to make a spinoff movie called Amazons. And that's going to take place in between 1984 and Wonder Woman 3 not to be directed by Jenkins, but she's what producing it. What could they possibly... It. What's the story there? Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of story. Okay. That's like my least favorite part about Wonder Woman is the Amazon place. Well, yeah, me too. Better be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then I it's just... It's kind of funny. It's the flip side with uh, Thor. I They can just be on Asgard the whole time. Oh, yeah. Stop it. sending him to Earth. What Wonder Woman, it's like, just keep her on Earth or, or keep her in uh, yeah. America or not even America, just like not on that island. Yeah. Um, and then I just thought this was really funny. 
when I was doing my research on the movie, these were the top questions for Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, okay. So, number one, is Wonder Woman 1984 the worst movie ever? Is Wonder Woman 1984 good or bad? What is the story? How is Steve alive in Wonder Woman? What went wrong with Wonder Woman 1984? Why did Wonder Woman 1984 get bad reviews? Is Wonder Woman boring? Is Wonder Woman immortal? Why is 1984 not on HBO Max? What? <laughs> That's a person who's searching it after they took it down so that it was only in theaters okay. for like a month. Okay. But that first one, is it the worst movie ever? <laughs> That's so ridiculous for someone to... For people to think that, because I, I think, I think, yeah, because of the, the time the movie came out, it was not when it was supposed to come out, which is a shame for the movie. And we're, it comes out in the middle. Well, I mean, it's at the end, but in the middle of a, of a very hard pandemic, like a very hard time for the world. Yeah. Where a lot of people probably couldn't have even had Christmas with their families. Like people, it's probably the worst Christmas for a lot of people mm -hmm. in the world. And they're like, well, maybe I'll at least watch this movie. And they didn't love it. So it just like really bad associations with it and everything. It yeah. just sucks for the movie. It totally does. Anyone watch an Ant-Man movie and tell me that's better than this movie. Yeah, I mean, this, this movie's better than Ant-Man. I like it better than all the Thor movies. Yeah, and, and I think so. I know a lot of people are like, Ragnarok, Ragnarok. Listen to our Ragnarok episode. We do like that movie. But it's got diminishing returns. It's got diminishing returns. And anything that doesn't have to do... It, all the hella stuff, you can tell that Taika Waititi's not super interested in it. Yeah. But right. everything with Thor is amazing and the best Definitely. Thor stuff. If the whole movie was just that, it would probably be like He has a good understanding of Thor. And Hulk. And Hulk, yeah, but... But then the Hela and his Asgard stuff was a little like, okay, yeah. let's get well, to the next scene, Jeff I guess. Well, you throw Goldblum in a movie, too. It's like, can he just Slam be dunk. in every scene? Yeah, yeah. So, hit us with those actors. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's something you do. I mean, we've talked about... So, uh, Kristen Wiig, Gal. we... What? We've talked about Gal, so skip her. And Pine. Yes. Uh, Kristen Wiig is in Bridesmaids, The Skeleton Quint, t uh, Twins, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Zoolander 2, SNL, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, which everyone needs to see. She's one of the funniest people. I she's, love her. she's so funny. Put her and Maya Rudolph in anything together, please. I love yes. seeing them together, especially. Um, Pedro Pascal, who I did not know was in this movie, so when his name flashed on the <laughs> scene, I was like, oh, we're in for a treat, I think? Yeah. And we were. Um, he, is a, he is the Mandalorian. He's also, I found out last night, in Game of Thrones. That's his big breakout. I had no idea. I just, the first thing I saw him in it was if Beale Street could talk. A great little uh, uh, ca ca uh, character acting moment in yeah, that movie. Yeah, and I was like, who is this? Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, But I don't know if he's the Narcos guy. Is he for sure? He, he, I'm pretty sure he's Pablo Escobar in Narcos. Okay. I've never seen the show. Oh, so. he is. No, he's Javier Pena. Oh, okay. Do we need to watch Monarchos? <laughs> Probably. I've been told it's great. <laughs> I actually have too. Uh, Pablo or uh, Pedro Pascal, so good. He's great. Um, great name too. I really think that's all who like matters in this movie. This the cast is so strong, but it's not that big. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of it. Cool. And I love that. Well, then let's dive in, huh? 
So I have an issue immediately when this movie starts. The narration was bad. The narration. Why do the, Why do we need to hear, have Gal narrate things? Because she narrates Justice League. She narrates her first movie. Like yeah, and and they we didn't love do her it doing voiceover. End. Oh, it's so bad. I hate it. And it's just all these. She's just saying a bunch of blanket like universal truths don't, that don't actually mean anything. Or well, it's like everyone's got a story to tell. No, so I disagree I. with that. Okay, I just don't think because she says I, I don't care about she, it. She, I don't think they needed to do this, but she said like when she was younger, she didn't appreciate her world. She didn't appreciate what was going on around her, and the whole movie she learns to appreciate. You know, like that last scene, she looks around and she's like, uh, "Things are happening." Well, I don't remember the phrase that her and Steve say, but she like appreciates the world and she's able to move on without Steve. So they do pay that off. It definitely doesn't need it to be sucks. in the movie. Um, but then we have that they're it's like a coliseum on the island, and yeah. it's like it, they're little Olympics or something. Little Olympics. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so degrading. But it's like they're having like an Olympic style. Event. Well, it is little. It's only one country. <laughs> That's true. The Olympics usually have them all. Um, and all of this Olympic stuff is cool. The obstacle course was very fun and very well shot. That like like the stunts all looked very fun. I have another issue with this though. Oh. Why was this in the movie? Because so she she is a child and she goes for this obstacle course and she's doing really well, but she loses her horse and she finds a shortcut. Yeah. So she takes the shortcut and she kind of wins, but she technically cheated. Uh-huh. And Robin Wright wouldn't let her finish because she knew that she cheated. And then she said, like, you know, you you took the short path. That's not right. Yeah. Uh, you're you're not. But she says something really confusing about like it's not right, but you're not wrong for doing. I don't really get it. I just don't understand understand what this lesson meant for the movie. Well, um, I think like when you skip forward into the movie, there's the commercials with Pedro Pascal, and he's saying if if life like all you have to do is want it, you don't even have to work for it. You don't even have to. So the whole movie is about like wishing. And and not working for what you want and so what he, you need. So I think yeah. I think what they're underscoring there is that she took a shortcut and she didn't do things the right way. She still got to the end, but she's not rewarded because she didn't do it correctly. And in this movie, she's trying to figure out a way to do this whole thing with Steve. Yeah. And bring him back. And then she's like, no, I have to be selfless. I have to do this the right way. Okay. So that's why I, think I could it's have in the done movie. without this whole stuff for how cool it was, and it was really cool. I could have done without. No the, I, I just really don't like the island stuff. I think it all kind of looks really. It's just for some reason I don't like how they color graded this. Well, I, stuff. I will say I wrote I wrote down um, that I get what you meant by the oversaturation watching it this time because the greens are like whoa. That's I just weird. think they're making it really idyllic. Yeah. And I don't like it. It looks so bad. I, um, I think that they need to work on like the design of this place. I think so too. It's just not very memorable. It's just so green, but then all of the women are like in very just like beige yeah. outfits that aren't very interesting. Yeah. It's fine. And and like the beach, I was like, oh, that's the exact same beach from the first movie. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, huh. Well, yeah, for like a lot of w women living on this island, it seems very small. Yeah, so that that I agree with you. I want this scene in the movie though because again, yeah. Hans Zimmer is just ripping the song's it up. Great, uh, the, the, the obstacle, obstacle, course is the obstacle cool. stuff was very fun. I, I'm not. I don't know. It's just the other issue I have with the movie too. Although I really <laughs> liked it, I really did. This movie's too long. 
I did yeah. not get bored at all. I uh-huh. enjoyed like almost every minute of this movie. I did, but two hours and a half, two and a half hours is too long for a superhero movie. That that's not ending a phase or a series or a trill. You know, like, yeah. it's not like her trilogy. It's just a, a two a second movie. I don't know if it needs to be that long. That being said, there are very few things I can think of to cut. Yeah. I just kind of have an issue. Like for me, when I heard that it was two and a half hours before I'd even seen it and all I knew was that it was a bad movie. It's just like, apparently it's bad and it's two and a half hours. I think that's part of the reason why people got upset too, was because the movie is so long. Yeah. I think that is not great for the movie. Yeah. I think people didn't like the runtime. I have no problems with this runtime. I think it was breezy. I wouldn't change it. And I, I do have to disagree with you on superhero movies because I think if you look at almost I know, I know. all the Marvel movies that have been released in the past five years, they're all two and a half And I don't hours. even think I really agree with myself. Yeah. I just It just feels like, why does it have to be this long? Yeah. But I can easily answer that with like, I, I think they, a reason why it's so long is because they did spend a good amount of time with Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig so that we understood both of their motivations in a way that you usually don't get, especially in a DC movie yeah, where you don't really like, they, they don't have much of a personality. Yeah. So it's like, I, I get it. And I don't like really agree with myself, but it is just like, I think people wouldn't be as upset. But I, I also think that, I think as upset as people got on this movie it did earn it because the last movie almost made a billion dollars. So it does make sense that's that true. they're like, yeah, if you want to do two and a half hours, that's true. That's fine. I think that's fine. I don't. I, We're fighting. We are fighting a little bit here. Um, the Olympics scene is awesome. Um, I I did want to point out that we <laughs> we were watching when they're on the horses at the beginning of this, and you know these these women are riding their horses at full speed and leaning over and grabbing bow and arrows. And I just kind of turned to Jordan and I go, that is unbelievable. I can't <sighs> believe that a person can do this. Yeah. And then you brought up, we went with my family to uh, this place called Black Butte Ranch for a family vacation this year. And I have been afraid to ride horses for like over a decade. And Because you had a bad experience. I had a bad experience. Um, I didn't get hurt or anything like that. Just but when you were a kid, you got scared. Yeah. And um, uh, we were when we were getting ready for the trip, someone said, "Hey, do you and Jordan want to uh, ride horses? Because we can, we can, they can, they have like horse rides down there." And I was like, "Oh, no, no, no!" And then you said, "Why not?" I said, "Okay, I'll do it." And so I wanted to conquer my fear. So I conquered my fear. We went on the horses. We had well, a good we time. Get there and they're assigning people to horses. Yeah. And they point at us and say, "Have you guys ridden horses before?" I hadn't ridden a horse since I was a kid. So no, we haven't yeah. ridden a horse before. And they put us on the, literally they said the two biggest horses they have. They were huge. Which I get because they're like, the bigger they are, the more docile they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're on the trail. Very fun time. I wouldn't do it again for what I'm about to say though. We get to a point where like, you guys want to try trotting? And, yeah. I, and the first time we did it, I was like, sure, what's the big deal? And they kind of said like, make sure you're like not, you, you have know, to like kind, kind of stand, stand up in your stirrups. The issue with my horse, my horse's name was Double XL. Yeah. They had to put the stirrups up as high as they could go for my feet to get in them. My feet still weren't really in them. <laughs> so we're trotting and I can't stand up on this horse. I am like practically doing the splits. Yeah. That's how wide <laughs> yeah. this horse is. And I am just holding on to the saddle with for for my dear life. I was yeah. so scared. 
I hated it. And then later on, they're like, you guys want to try tr- trotting again through the meadow? And there's like 10 people on this tour. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you know, so, and some of them are little kids and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I really didn't want to. And it, it hurt. And I, all I was doing was bouncing hard off that horse. And, and I had a similar experience. I could fit in the stirrups, but it was still that, that horse was so wide. Yes. And, and I just, the, the saddle kept hitting me right in the ass every yeah. time that he took a step. Um, it was pretty fun and I would do it again. But on a smaller ho- horse, <laughs> I don't know that I guess. imagine like, and then imagine reaching over and grabbing a bow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, so then the movie says Wonder Woman 1984, and we cut to the year 1984, and we are seeing now. This is where I think maybe the movie loses people. This is my guess. Is this the mall scene? Yes. Okay. So we're we're looking at 1984, well, sorry, and sorry. it is yeah, like it. The sets are so obviously sets. It looks it's like so bright. We're in the town of like where the Gremlins is. You know, oh, it's like like the the mall of Stranger Things. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely fake. Yeah. Um, on purpose. You're supposed to recognize that. Yeah. Subconsciously, and it's this car nostalgia. Yeah, this car is driving really fast. And it's about to hit this woman. Yeah. And the music sounds very much like old Superman music. And then Wonder Woman just kicks the car and it spins out. It's so cheesy. So cheesy. And all I was thinking was like, is this the tone of the movie? Because if this is the tone of the movie, I will love this. I mean, this is kind of like Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man, the well, Sam Raimi movie. And this this is just continues to escalate i would call this almost like a montage scene of introducing 1984 washington dc they're at this mall which it's like if this is going to be a movie set in the 80s you have to have a mall scene so they're they're in a mall and it's just popping off and these guys are going to go like rob this jewelry store but they know that there are artifacts there instead of the actual jewelry and talk about camp yeah those guys get into the back room and they're like belly laughing. Like they're that yeah. kind of bad yeah. guys. Like that is so cheesy. And I, I could see someone be like, what is going on? But Who is this for? I feel like it's just so obvious that it is, I it's know. not, it's not trying it. to be serious. I loved it. I how, loved how it too. How cheesy it was. Cause it seems self-aware. So they, they steal these artifacts and they're, they have this whole scheme set up, but one of the guys is panicking, drops a gun, panic. Yeah. And it's just people running in every direction. These bad guys running in every direction. One of the bad guys grabs a kid, throws her over the railing, about to drop her. And, you know, you can tell, like, he doesn't even really know, understand what he's doing either. And Wonder Woman comes in and saves the day. And it's just very cheesy. But it, the, the, I, uh, it's really cheesy and fun. The still fun feeling. She's just swinging on her lasso. Yeah. That's fun. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where, like, there's a little girl in danger and she pushes her into a huge teddy bear uh-huh. and, give, and, and, the, and gives she, her a wink she later. She winks at her. An actual wink. Yeah. So It was cute. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm learning about the DC universe is I just like when they're earnest. Yeah. And, and in, in our Birds of Prey episode, I talked about how, like, I think I just am not a fan of DC, like, their characters. This movie changed my mind. It's just not true. I guess I just don't like Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> I still am standing by that. But um, 
I want to read Wonder Woman comics now. Yeah, this was a this was kind of making me want to read some stuff too. And but you mentioned something like once the movie was over, where you're like something you have to kind of give up though is like how come no one would know about Wonder Woman at this point? Like yeah. like, like she's like a ghost in 1984. Well, I meant I meant um I I like that they did this. They don't ever try to explain why from the years 1984 to 2016 no one put it together. Yeah. That Diana Prince is Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't because I just don't that whole Wonder Woman storyline in Batman v Superman sucks. So like let's What does she even have? She just shows up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So just imagine that that I think Patty Jenkins is just like I don't want to have to like wrap this up nicely so that in 2016 everyone's like oh Wonder Woman she hasn't been around since World War One she's just like I'm doing my own thing yeah I'm done trying to tie this to Zack Snyder's universe yeah and I'm happy for that yeah same thing James Wan did with Aquaman he basically was like yeah Justice League happened but these oh, characters totally. have never met before yeah okay right so. Um, all this mall stuff is great. And, and I think, I think what we're learning about ourselves is, okay, the movie Joker comes out. It's, it's, it's really dark, really intense. Um, and it makes a billion dollars. The movie Wonder Woman 1984 comes out. It's really fun. It's lighthearted. It's exciting. And it makes $166 million Mm -hmm. and people don't like it. So they're going to stop making those types of movies and continue making dark, gritty movies that I think we just don't like. And I guess that's okay. It might just be a matter of opinion. I think at this point, well, I think it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I just love how earnest this movie is. It's it's so nice. So after this, we get introduced to Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Um, I love that she's power walking to work. Yeah. she's just started this new job at the smithsonian and she's some person that can identify artifacts i don't understand any of the titles yeah but um she is hilarious like i said immediately seeing her in the movie it was like no this makes sense yeah that they casted her she's so funny she's a loser no one remember she's the forgettable person who has never been popular and that's all she's ever wanted was for people to notice her simple done how many 80 80s movies are about that alone all of them but then also like how relatable is that to a lot of people in terms of bad guy character arc stuff makes a lot of sense so she she meets diana and is trying to become friends with anyone who, who will look at her yeah even diana diana's too busy and but you know later on they they do go to dinner together but before that they have to identify all the new artifacts that were found in that jewelry store. Yeah. And and again, I just want to stress, like, when I saw Kristen Wiig come up, I think there's a version of watching this movie where you're like, oh, brother. Like, she's doing a lot. Absolutely. This is crazy. Yeah. But I, but I think that would be the equivalent of watching Gremlins 2 and being like, oh, great. Like, this movie's cheesy. It's like, yeah, Gremlins 2 is cheesy. There was never an option for it not to be cheesy. Yeah. And I, I think this movie, maybe people, I mean, this is my guess. I don't even know if this is an opinion people have, but I, I just can't, I can't see why, if that is what people think, they didn't realize that it's, that they never tried not to be cheesy and fun and light. Yeah. So they, they, they have this stone that was stolen from the mall and 
they kind of realize it might be some sort of like wishing stone. They don't really realize this, but this intern or someone working there grabs it and he goes, oh, I wish I had a coffee. And then someone walks in and they're like, hey, uh, this person's out and I have an extra coffee. Anyone want it? And I love that guy grabs it and looks back at him, shrugs his shoulders. And he's like, but oh, yeah, cool. when, when Kristen Wiig identifies it, her name's Barbara. So when Barbara identifies it, she immediately is like, this isn't real. Yeah. Um, which is just interesting because it, it, it adds the whole like, okay, well, it doesn't grant wishes then. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of subtle, like, I think why the casting is so good because Kristen Wiig is so talented. So is Pedro. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're, they're like such good actors that they got all the subtleties of it. Like there, there's mm-hmm. so many layers I feel like to it because they're so talented. But she basically identifies it as a not real thing. Like you could buy this for, you can sell this for 75 bucks. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's saying like, apparently you just make a wish to it and it's supposed to grant your wish. And Diana's holding it. She, before that they had, they had established that she is lonely and she misses Steve. Yeah. So she's just, you know, holding the stone. She has a faraway look in her eyes. And some wind the blows, wind through, blows her through her hair. And then she sets down the stone and is like, you know, blinks back into the present. And it's like, okay, so she wished for Steve. Yeah. And she's going to get it because you're a person who watches movies. Yeah. She's going to get it. Uh, it's how and when is the whole question. Yeah. So. So then. Yeah. Let me talk about Mr. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can't even believe how fun this performance is. Yeah. He walks into the Smithsonian, and he is so electric. It's like you forget that you're even watching a Wonder Woman movie. It's I know, like he's so good. This guy, this guy, he comes in and he's he wants to get this stone. That's his ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But he comes into the Smithsonian. He he's donating all of this money. He runs this oil company, and he's saying, "By the way, this movie is very easy to remember because it's." interesting and they're doing different stuff like it's not very complicated either but he, yes and he runs like an oil company and he's a strange business it's like well he i can so, remember stuff from so this movie jazz and energetic and he makes you so jazz and energetic just by talking to him but you know you you like question him on one thing and he you'll probably find out that he's a fraud yeah like like he's that close to breaking and that's what's so good about the performance is he seems so upbeat but they don't hide this until 40 more minutes into the movie they pretty immediately tell you that he's a loser yeah he's a con man yeah um he all he wants is to be successful and you know later on in the movie they do a flashback he he was abused as a kid uh i think they great also insinuate scene. It was because it makes you understand him. And I think they also insinuate that he's an immigrant. So yeah. he's trying, he's, you know, in America, trying to attain the American dream. You know, he's wearing the power suit. He he dyed his hair blonde, which I think is just trying to like, if, if I act American, if I look American, I will be American and I will be successful. Yeah. So even on the outside, it's just all working for me. Yeah. On who this character is. <laughs> so then they're all invited to this uh, gala, mm-hmm. this ball. Um, well, actually before that, Kristen Wiig walks home and she's kind of attacked by this guy Mm -hmm. and Wonder Woman saves her. Her and Wonder Woman kind of have some moments. They're like becoming friends. Mm -hmm. Then they're invited to this ball. And before then, Kristen Wiig says, I I wish I was like, just like Diana, Diana. Um, and people would notice me. Mm -hmm. And then she goes to the mall and she, (laughs) here's my note. I hope you don't get mad. I wrote Kristen Wiig looking fine. 
I know. I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, what's great is they established through several jokes. She can't walk in heels. She's terrible in heels. Yeah. She's trying on a dress for this party and she's putting on, I mean, these heels are ridiculous yeah. by how tall they are. And immediately she can walk in them so fine. Yeah. And she looks great. Yeah. And I love, I just love to, it's so ridiculous. The, so um diana's like i don't go to those things i'm you know i'm here to work i'm not here to celebrate yeah. and drink and schmooze people she has to go to the party now because she needs to talk to max lord pedro about the stone yeah because she she can't find it anymore i think that she's at that point or she just needs to talk to him about stuff so she shows up to this party and it is like holy crap <laughs> She probably literally threw, I mean, not really because it's a movie, but she's just so pretty. It's ridiculous. It's and, ridiculous. And, and I love just like every male in the party is trying looks to at talk her. to her. And, and it's All like, she's saying is, no, thank you. It. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then, and then and we're like, you, you made a joke where it's like, sh- they probably just found a party and had her walk through it. Yeah. And that yeah. really happened. That's all just real reactions. Um, and then, uh, Kristen Wiig comes in, has a similar experience. Uh huh. And Pedro Pascal, he grabs her and he's like, you look stunning. You look fabulous. And he's like, oh, let's yeah, he go needs- somewhere private. So the, the party is at the Smithsonian. Yeah. So they go to her office where the stone is. Yes. And he, by way of manipulation, uh, convinces her to let him take the stone. Yeah. Um, meanwhile. Diane, yeah. Meanwhile, Diana is trying to find Max, not having any luck. And this man starts talking to her like he knows her. And he, he said, what does he say? As it was one of the last things he said to her he before says. he died. Yeah. Which stops her, you know, her acting so good here. Yeah. Where she's like, don't say that. You can't say that to me. Don't say that to me. You don't know me. And she realizes that Steve, of course, this is another actor. But once she they embrace, cameras, you know, spins, it's Chris Pine. And another Like person. that transition. Yeah, in another person's body, which, I mean, like, I know there's controversy over this, but yeah. I think the original intent is, like, it's an 80s movie. It's body swapping. Yeah. I think that's, like... And that is such a comic book thing. Yeah. But but I will say, because uh, they go back to his uh, his person's apartment. For the apartment he woke up in, yeah. Yeah, and, and they do sleep together, and a lot of people have pointed out, like, that's... There's no consent on the body of yeah. the male, and... um. I think it's worth noting. Yeah. It does not ruin the movie for me, um, but it is like, yeah, that was kind of a weird choice. Maybe they could have written it a little differently, but I like the body swap stuff is fun. But then after this scene, they don't really do anything with it. So I think that's like they could have written it differently. The weird point about it is they do kind of make a point of it when he's looking in the mirror Yeah, and it's the other man and like... But that it kind of ends there because for me, after that scene, I forget that he's in another person's body. Yeah. It's just Chris Pine. Like, but, like they literally, could, he could have just said, like, I woke up in a hospital, and it could have just been Steve Trevor. Yeah, that's true. Because it's a wish. It's magic. It the the missiles anything. appear. He didn't have to take over a person's body. It's like, what happened to that man? Is he dead now? It, it raises all these questions that yeah. you don't really ask until you start really thinking about it. But when that scene happened, and I, you know, when he said that thing, I knew that was something that Steve said. I was like... What are they doing here? Oh, Chris Pine couldn't come back because I don't. Oh, know, I don't know movie news. Wow, I don't follow that yeah. stuff, so I'm just like, ooh, because I was waiting until the scene was over to ask you. That was I was gonna ask you the millisecond the scene ended. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, so it's just this other guy, and I'm just like, oh, that sucks. Also, this doesn't make sense. <sighs> yeah, 
and then of course it be, it's chris pine and it's like whoa they got yeah. him which i know that this i <laughs> totally understand how many people would be like oh my gosh just let him die like why bring him back and now he just has to die again i think that's like how people are feeling about it <laughs> they shouldn't feel that way though. I, but i i do i do get that but i also get on the other hand you know she in, in the first movie she experienced another you know basically another world for the first time yeah by leaving her island and she had she was in love with steve and she he taught her you know how to be human because he was so human yeah. you know and she was attracted to that and she lost that very quickly yeah. and she hasn't been able to get over that so like wouldn't it make sense that the next movie even though it's like 40 60 years in the future that she's still trying to get over it yeah does it make sense I, I no i think i think it's i think it's wonderful it's like the linchpin of the movie i would much rather this happen than her having a new love interest absolutely and and it, it's i mean it is this okay this movie's about wish fulfillment so if you lose someone you love and you you had a chance to bring them back you would do it yeah and i think that's really beautiful um so pedro pascal wishes to become the wishing stone mm -hmm. now i'm not gonna even try to think what people thought about this but when that happened I thought, that's cool. This is what people thought. So he does that, and people are like, oh, he just asked for infinite wishes. And then this is me. He asked for infinite wishes? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Yeah. This is a fun concept. And and I do want to stress again, I, 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 again, I can't say what people thought about this movie, but I think it's really exciting and cool that this is the villain's motivations and stuff. Because it's just refreshing. He's not trying to come to the planet Earth and take over because we're an alien species. We're, he's It's like such an interesting... Uh, concept? Concept. He, I mean, his, it's cool. his sole purpose is to just be the best, just to be the most powerful, it's right? Cool. Be, because like... Patty, he, come on the show. Because <laughs> they, they show in his flashback that he has a very, a very terrible upbringing. And yeah. he was always an an outsider having the outsider experience. And what he wanted to be was to basically control all of it so that he could like control his own experience. Yeah. And he was doing that by controlling other people's experiences, i.e. wishes. Yeah. Exp uh, controlling their wishes. Come on. It's cool. I mean, what, how can you not love it? It's, yeah. it's cool. So around this too. So Diana and, Steve are talking about all the implications or just just like why is he back how is this happening who cares this is the best thing in the world but Diana is like we should figure out how you got back though yeah um which leads her back to the stone which is missing which she finds out through uh Barbara that Barbara let Max take it and she's super pissed at Barbara understandably yeah um I, I do want to cut in really quick yeah uh, before that, there's a lot of fish out of water stuff with Chris Pine because he's in the, mm -hmm. the 80s instead of the teens or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of clever because that's exactly what Diana went through oh, I didn't in even the think first about movie. That. It's like an exact reversal. Yeah, that's cool. And he's literally like putting on outfits like she was. And he's like, Is this cool? Huh? Are fanny packs cool? It's the same mm -hmm. scene but reversed. And I loved it's all of great. that. It's great. 
I love it. eats a bunch of Pop-Tarts. Get out of here. He's a bunch of Pop-Tarts. Thinks even a trash can is art because everything is art. It's yeah. scared by scared of break dancers. They visit an air and space museum and he's in complete awe. Oh, man. I was just trying to imagine not knowing about that. Yeah. And like feeling he learns that, that we went to the moon. Yeah. I mean. Very cool. He, I mean, I love Chris Pine. He's he's a wonderful actor. He's so delightful he's and great. charming. So and then while this is all happening too, like Barbara is being noticed now by everybody. She's a rock star now. She's a rock star. She becomes center of attention. Center of attention. Yeah, where she she's like sitting on her desk and she's like, yeah. Originally, I thought this artifact was from 1915, <clears throat> but then I realized it was 1760. And all the all the male guys are like, oh wow, you're so wonderful. <laughs> well, I think, but it's, it's important to know even the women are paying attention because I oh, think it's a right. reversal yeah. of like now women want to be her because yeah. she's so cool and charismatic and <laughs> it's so funny, fun. Um, and so Max Lord, he's back at his company, and this is when. He starts uh, running the show, and you also find out within all before all of this too that he is a son, and he's probably not the best father. He's very much yeah. like once we do this, once I do this, once all this, I will be able to spend more time with you. You will be proud of me. Yeah, you'll be proud to be my son. So he makes all of these empty promises to his son, which becomes very important later. And he's he's having people wish like for more employees and stuff like that, and so. Mm-hmm. People are just filling up right away. Oh, that's really cool. Everyone wants to um, give money to his company. And he yeah. he wishes or gets the man's wish like to... Well, here's how it works, too. Someone makes a wish, which allows him to make a wish. Yeah. Because it's a whole monkey's paw thing. So, yeah. like, if someone wishes for something, it takes something away from someone else, or it's not exactly what they wanted. Yeah. That's a big thing. So... He gets all these people to come, basically almost materialize out of thin air yeah. feeling. And then what? Well, and then he goes to Cairo to mm-hmm. get oil from this oil guy. By the way, <laughs> the movies had, we're like an hour in. There's been one action set piece. I know, piece. it's crazy. Maybe that was a problem people had with it, too. I could understand that, but I like it. I could understand that as well, but I loved it. Especially because even in this movie, there are moments that are very cool action-wise. But for some reason... The Wonder Woman special effects are still really oh, bad. Awful. The stunt stuff feels fun. The stuff that is not CG looks great. Yeah. But like everything that's CG, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I think it's the way they realize the DC universe mm-hmm. because it just doesn't look good. Oh, it looks so aged. So yeah. Aged. And not aged like, oh, they did this in 1984. It's aged like, oh, did they do this in 2003? Yes. And, like, they never updated like their computer? Like, if I did a screen-by-screen screen of this in, like, The Matrix, I don't know if I could tell much of a difference. <laughs> yeah. Matrix has some great effects. Um, but it's aged. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, what am I... Oh, yeah. Goes so to Cairo. They... Steve and Wonder Woman have to go to Cairo. Right. Okay. Get out of here. This part was awesome. hmm They go and they sneak onto a jet base... Or an air base, Air Force base, or whatever. I was assuming it was the Smithsonian. That makes more sense. Because she had a pass to get in. Yeah. Uh, They steal a jet. And when they're getting ready, he's like, don't worry, they're not going to find me with the way I fly. And he's in total awe. His acting's incredible in all this. Yeah, he's good. Well, he's got those baby blues, which shows great when he's in awe. I like to call him the Elijah Woods. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay. 
And he, they're getting ready to take off, and he's like, she goes, oh, but Radar will see us. She's like, I can't explain that right now. And then she says, I can actually turn stuff invisible. And I'm like, I know, a li- this is like all I know about Wonder Woman is, hey, she's got an invisible jet. And so I'm like, no way! We get the invisible jet in this movie. She makes the jet go invisible. Mm-hmm. Those effects were pretty cool, especially yeah, when it's so. going through the clouds. Yeah. And then they see it's July 4th and fireworks are going off. Which feels extra special for Steve because yeah. he was in World War II fighting for, for freedom for everyone. And he's an American. You know, at that time, especially, it's like being an American. Like, yeah. You do your part. That's the time when the draft still existed. Uh-huh. So with the fourth, like for him to to like basically come back to life on the Fourth of July, I'm talking about being born on the Fourth of July, but <laughs> coming back, yeah, it it was very, it felt very special for him. Yeah, I felt I felt happy for him. And this this sequence is beautiful. All the fireworks going off, and they're flying through the fireworks, mm-hmm. and they take their time. Maybe maybe this is the runtime that we need to cut. But I like that we're spending so much time just letting characters be characters. Yeah. Then they fly to Cairo. They're at Cairo. Maxwell has already taken over a bunch of stuff. He gets the security personnel, and he takes off. Mm -hmm. But they're already showing... Oh. Ah, Go ahead. They're already showing the the big... um, Oh, you just spilled water. Why are you dropping your phone like crazy? Hey, now I have to edit. So they're showing... The real world implications of these wishes, because the this the 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 oil guy that he goes to see in Cairo wishes for his his people's land to be returned to, to them because they deserve it. Yeah. And this wall shoots out out of nowhere around the city, and especially people in poverty in the city, like it, it cuts off access to cl- clean water to everyone and. People can't get back home. People are now like homeless. All this crazy stuff, and that—that's like the first. And then th- from there on, things only escalate like very quickly. Yeah. On on like how, you know, getting everything you want, right, is not good. Is it like you you can't get everything you want because then other people can't get what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's if that everyone's getting cycle. Yeah. So then we have. This action sequence is freaking cool. Yeah, it was really good. Wonder Woman is like fighting this convoy. And and there's just some cool stunts. There's some cool practical stuff. Steve Trevor's doing his thing. She gets clipped by a bullet, which is like, what? Mm-hmm. And I like how this movie physically, um, she gets into some trouble. Mm-hmm. Because like we've said on previous episodes, this universe seems to be made up of people that cannot get hurt. Yep. The DC universe. So there is a little bit like, yeah, it's an action sequence. You better have something strong and emotional like Orm versus uh, Aquaman or figure out some way to like debilitate this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's getting weaker as the movie progresses. Yep. Love that. Um, all of this now, is cool. Here's a quick question about that. Go ahead. Is that because of Barbara's wish or because of Diana's wish? It's her wish. It was because of Diana's yeah. wish. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought like you had said maybe she was like Barbara was taking her power. But she never said, I wish I was Diana. She just said like I wish I was like Diana. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I think- everyone has a monkey's paw. So her monkey's paw is that she loses her power and gets Steve. Mm-hmm. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. Um so then there is 
the so there's all that fighting. It's very cool. Um, Max gets away. Max gets away, and he says, "When she says, where's the stone?'" He says, "You're looking at it." Mm-hmm. Then she's able to go, "Oh, okay." Um, there's a great scene where Barbara is now getting powers, mm-hmm. and she's getting attacked by that same guy, and she just like beats the she's heck. She's not out getting of him. attacked by him, but she recognizes him and enacts revenge. That's right, and she beats him to a bloody pulp. That that's a that was a good scene, man. And Hans does something very interesting. If you listen very co- closely, the theme he has for Barbara, who will become Cheetah, is um, it's like, and then it, it like fades. I think it's those notes, but it's the first like, three notes in Wonder Woman's theme. So she is like an incomplete Wonder Woman mm-hmm. in the it's. And then it just Great. echoes, that's and it's so cool. really intense. I didn't even notice that. But yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Right, right when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, Hans. Right. You're doing it. Um, So, you know, it's like she's getting these powers, and it is like, she, so it's like, yeah, she's becoming like Diana, but it is like, with great power comes great responsibility. And yeah. clearly, like immediately, because she, because we know about her that she's been someone who is invisible basically no one likes her no one cares about her that she's like well i'm gonna make people notice me now mm-hmm. in a bad way just classic villain stuff that classic you're always gonna get me with um but also what she's trying to do is diana is trying is asking her to find out the origin of the stone yeah so therefore she does not find the origin but she does find it throughout history and the big thing is as in all the places she's found the stone the civilizations have been destroyed soon after it yeah. pops up Guess what? That's cool. Into it. So, um, the the last place they found that there's record of it is in Ma- the Mayan civilization. Yeah. Um, empire, and so they find uh, a Mayan descendant or some like He's, shaman yeah. or something, yeah, yeah. and they go and he has a big ancient book, and Diana discovers that it's the because she doesn't never knew what god it was, but she knew it was a god thing. Yeah. Finds out it's like the god of flies. Yeah. That's when they find out it's the monkey paw thing. Yeah. And so the interesting thing too is because this is like, you know, the future, what happens because of broadcasting? And I know I feel like this is a lot of no-no for people too, that whole part of the movie. But it is like, so does that mean the whole world will get destroyed? Yeah. Which is the answer is yes, because of nuclear war. Yeah. Because it's the Cold War. Oh, but. or I mean, I mean, no. <laughs> no, that sucks. That's all not cool. So they find all this out. To which Barbara is like, well, I'm not taking my wish back. Yeah. Because that's like the only solution. Yeah. So then Maxwell goes to the White House. Why are you calling him Maxwell? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that name. That's cool. Okay. Um, that is his fault, right? It's his name's Max Lord. Max Lord. They never, I mean, they never say Maxwell. It's got to be Maxwell, though, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> Mr. Wishy Maxwell, he goes and sees President Ronald Reagan. Uh-huh. And he's like... That guy was supposed to be Ronald Reagan? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 1984. I, yeah. Um, I thought he looked sort of like him. But I can never quite remember who's president ever in history. Oh, I, I looked it up to make sure. Because I was like, okay, cool. they were Very going cool. for like a Ronald Reagan. Because I was like, could this be Bush? I, and, I don't know. And that seemed... I don't know. It, I, I guess any president is going to do that, but that seems very Ronald Reagan to be like, let's make sure we have more nukes than anybody else. That'll solve the problem. Yeah. That seems like a Reagan thing. Yeah. Um, but it also seems like 
a U.S. president's thing. <laughs> so just I'm bad at that part of, of presidential history. Yeah. Um. So he goes there, and basically, Max gives Ronald <laughs> <laughs> gives Mr. President. Yes, I'm sorry, Mr. President. Um, the the nuclear arsenal, mm-hmm. and then he gets all the power, no tax problems, nothing mm-hmm. in return. And when he does that, the Soviets see that, and they're like, okay, let's launch our missiles. They have all these new missiles that just popped up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't solve the problem. I mean, that's kind of a little bit later when like the world is in havoc. Right. Then we have a White House fight scene. Well, huh? ben- before that, I thought I heard a weird noise outside for a second. Well, uh, Tad just meowed. Sounded like a scream. Well, that's what his meows sound like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but before he leaves the Oval Office, he sees those, which I think it also had people rolling their oh, eyes yeah. and v- punching the couch, was these really cheesy <coughs> poster boards explaining how broadcasting works. Yeah. And it is, you know, it, it's just so funny because I see it and I'm like, I don't know, it's cheesy. It's the 80s. Technology's hardly a thing yet. Like, maybe it should be on poster boards. Yeah. I don't know. I'm already so the, the suspension of disbelief. I'm so far in it now that that's well, and, just and like, was, yeah, that makes sense. Go, 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 It go, was go. a broadcast taking over every TV and every broadcast. So yeah. it wasn't just like the news broadcasting at five. It was like, this would take over every TV in the like world. Breaking anywhere. news, cutting into your TV program, your radio yeah. programs, all that stuff. But I think the way it was done, I could see people be like I screaming suppose, their faces red. I suppose you could say that that's stupid. But like I said, I was so far into the suspension of disbelief. And and I, you know, with how Max, how good of a performance Pedro was giving, it's like, oh, is he going to get what he wants? And then he sees it and it's like, I think he's going to get what he wants. <laughs> well, and good. also, let's just mention that whether you watch either version of the movie Justice League, the whole thing, they're trying to get three magic boxes called the Mother Boxes aren't even as interesting as the Infinity Stones. They have, like, no real They don't, quality they don't do to anything, them. right? They just need to all three be together. Isn't yeah. that the only thing? Yeah. So I prefer the broadcasting thing. It's more interesting Absolutely. than three Rubik's Cubes that aren't designed super well in my... Well, I guess they do look kind of cool, but... Do they? They're boxes. Yeah, I guess, I guess FedEx has probably got some cooler-looking mother boxes than they do. <laughs> um, so, you know... Big fight at the White House, Mm -hmm. which reminded me, and I had to look it up today, in X-Men 2, the very second of the original movies. Wow, why would you think that? What? It's called X-Men 2? Well, but they've, like, relaunched it so many times. Um, This is coming from someone who's only seen the first one. Yeah. Uh, the, The first scene of the movie, there's a cool scene where Nightcrawler, who can portal himself, like, attacks the president. Yeah. And it's a cool scene. Yeah. And I watched it this morning because I was like, is that scene as cool as I remember? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this scene's yeah. really cool. They had a cartoon, X-Men. Yeah. And Nightcrawler was my fave. Nightcrawler's cool. I've been reading the the Claremont X-Men, and Nightcrawler's probably my favorite. He's cool. cool. Is he funny? He's kind of goofy. Is he like the quippy one? No. I sound like an old person. Is he the quippy one? <laughs> He's... I mean, from 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 the comics I've read, there's not really like a quippy one. Okay, he has a couple quips. Wolverine's always got some quips. Got it. They're all kind of different. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like Spider Man, you know. Yeah. Um. I I every podcast I got to figure out how to work Spider Man into yeah, it. Yeah, we get it. But you said you great power it. and great responsibility. So, 
room. So big fight at the White House. Um, Diana and Steve are there to try to get Max. Um, and Diana is now vulnerable. She's not as strong as she was. Bullets hurt and could probably kill her at this point. Mm-hmm. But she's also trying, you know, Steve's helping her, but she's even saying, like, we're not killing anybody. Yeah. Makes a point of that. I just like that that's thrown in. Right. Um, but then Kristen Wiig shows up and she is uber powerful. Yeah. Diana doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah. And you notice too that, so with the first time her and Diana met, um, Barbara really liked her shoes and the she was wearing cheetah print shoes. Yep. And then throughout the movie, she's, she starts wearing more like cheetah print stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's just fun costume design. I think totally, uh, even though we get a terrible result, but, <laughs> right. um, and, and, Basically, they're fighting for a while, and then Wonder Woman says, what is this costing you, Barbara? You yeah. have to renounce this wish. And then she looks at her, who's all beaten up, destroyed. She looks, she looks bad. She looks bad. Yeah. Um, she still looks pretty good, though. She looks good, but she <laughs> looks also bad. No, she. so she, I mean, she just looks like she's got the tar beat out of her. And then Barbara says, what's it costing you? That's a big moment for me where I'm like, wait, people aren't on board? This is cool. Yeah. Um, what is it costing Barbara though? Just her humanity? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, and 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 also I think she's seeing like your morality is like going out the door. Mm-hmm. Like you you should see what is happening. Mm-hmm. What is this costing you? Um, like you, it's like you are in that Olympic race and you're taking shortcuts, Barbara. Yeah. And you should. I'm trying to make the Olympic thing cool yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's a great I get scene. It. I get it. Um, and then uh, then we have the moment where. Diana finally is like going to renounce her wish. And kind of the whole time, Steve has been kind of like, you, you, you need, need to, to let me go. And he's like, I've lived. It's okay. He's like, I'm already gone. Cause he is. And she renounces it. It almost got me. It was good. I thought it was the way really they did emotional. It was so good. You know, cause he's, he keeps saying, he said this a couple of times in the movies too. Like this movie, like there's so many other guys out there. Why me? Like it, you've had, you know, you're, my life was great and you made it better. So basically, you know, he's saying like, to let me go isn't like, because I had a terrible life and you'd feel sorry for me. Yeah. I'm satisfied. Yeah. So you don't worry about me. And you know, she, this is just, you know, the only thing she wants. And I just love how their last parting thing is they kiss, you know, they say, I love you. And she can't even look at him. She turns and just goes and does yeah. her thing. And it's just. And the so whole good. time I'm staring because I was like, I was like, please do what I hope you're going to do. So she's walking out. It's one shot. It's uncut. And I'm just looking at the scar or mm-hmm. where, where she's been cut on her chest. And I'm like, come on, come on. Oh, did and, it? Go and back. As I didn't even look. As she's running, yeah. it, it heals itself. I'm just looking at her crying. <laughs> I know. I should have been looking at the acting, no, I, but I yeah, was like, no. I was like, when I saw it, I was like, they have to do this. That's a good thing to look for. And and so it heals, and I was like, Wonder Woman's back, baby. Yeah, and then she flies for a while, and I think it's sweet. Yeah. I, so she learns how to fly because I think she, she didn't do that before, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's just sweet. I mean, I know, I know, I know how cheesy this is. Because earlier when they're in the jet, you know, she's like, I don't understand the flying thing. And I know that's so cheesy. And Steve's saying like, well, it's, it's joining the wit. It's being one with it. Yeah. And it's like, I know this is worthy of eye rolling. I wasn't rolling my eyes though. Because, yeah. you know, especially this part when I should be rolling my eyes, it's like payoff. Payoff. She, she learns this thing and it's because she let go. I mean, 
this rules. Yeah. It's emotional. It's cool. She uses her lasso to ride lightning. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. It is so cool. That is cool. I want to see superheroes do things that I couldn't do. Yeah. I don't need to see Joker go crazy in an asylum for a whole movie. I can do that. I want to see him do something <laughs> I can't do. Although I can't really murder people. Not since the last time. Ooh. Oh. Um, does he mur- Yeah, he murders people in that movie. He has to. Yeah. He's so Whatever. twisted. Um, classic Richard T. Joker. Well, he shoots someone on camera. That's right. Yeah, when they did that scene from uh, King of Comedy yeah. that was done 50 years earlier and better. Anyway, uh, it's, I imagine someone who has never listened to our podcast picks this episode and they're like, they like Wonder Woman 1984 and they don't like Joker. Up for me. <laughs> Skip. But we're glad you're here and we hope you stay. And we love disagreeing because movies are for everybody and you like some and you don't like others. That's the fun. Um, the cat looks bad. We already said that. So Pedro or Max gets airlifted to Terminator 3 location where uh, John Connor and Claire Deems are the only two humans left alive. Yeah. Or whatever. And like the, this is where the president goes when there is a inner, a a world emergency. John Connor's not there, but none of that's happened yet. Wink, wink. Um, So he, yeah, it's only 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Max is there because that's where the whole international worldwide broadcasting thing is. And it is so funny because just, just think when you do explain it, it's like, this is dumb, but I'm into it when he's understanding the broadcasting thing. Uh And he's like, so the particles are touching, which means we're all touching. Because he needs to yeah. touch yeah. for someone to do it. And the president's like, yeah, that's how it was explained to me. <laughs> it's dumb. Well, and, but and it's great. One one other dumb thing is when they're in the jet, him and Barbara. Yeah. He's like, what do you want? And she wishes for something. Well, she's already had a wish. Which yeah, they've I, don't, established I don't understand that. that. They've established you can't have more than one. Uh, hers was with the stone, not him, but still. And then she's not touching him when she makes the wish. So I was like, but then it cuts, assuming they hold hands and she does it again. Yeah, whatever, whatever. whatever. Yeah, um, but that was like, oh, you did break your own logic it, on that they, one. A logic that already is like so conf- not. It's not really confusing. It's just you got to make some leaps to yeah believe it because it's magical and it's fantasy. But he so throughout this, he is basically being like sucked dry of life force uh-huh. because that's what wishes do. It's all it is is taking from him. Because he has and to he's looking giving. bad. He's looking bad. They're really good makeup done on him. I know. I hate in movies when they're like, man, you look so bad and the person doesn't look bad. Yeah. Um, this is like, get him to a But hospital. both him and Wonder Woman was like, oh, if I saw that person, I would I would know they were in trouble. The I wouldn't, makeup was really good. Really good. So the whole thing, though, is he needs to go here and so that everyone can make wishes. And he starts wishing that like he's fine. And he's healthy and safe yeah. and the best and blah, blah, blah. And you can see the health is being restored in him. Very good. So Just ask for it. Just wish. How, how fun is it, too, how fantasy magical that when wishes are being made, wind is circulating. It's cool. I like it. A- another thing that's really cool is this series, notoriously, besides Shazam, there's like no civilians that occupy the DC universe, really. What do you mean? Well, it's like 
like in, there was a, a Russian family that they were obsessed with well, in Justice League. Yeah, that's the Joss Whedon thing. But like Ju- Justice League has like no people in it, and the yeah. Snyder Cut has no people in it. And this movie, Wonder Woman, same with Shazam, they have actual moments where they save like normal people, and that's a big part of what a superhero <laughs> that's does. That's like the the fundamentals. Yeah. Of being a superhero. You know, too, and so the first I know there are examples in other movies, but not in the way of like how and even Marvel sometimes you're like, this whole movie had like no normal people. They just fought on an island the whole time. Like basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm um, in the first movie when Diana's learning about the world and stuff. Or yeah. or, you know, world outside of home. And she they walk through like that village that had just been decimated. And yeah. she's like seeing war. Yeah. They do a similar scene with her and Steve when the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And this is right before she lets him go. But it is a similar scene of them seeing. And I think it's especially Steve realizing, I need to leave so that she can fix all of this. Yeah. When in the first movie, he's telling her that she can't fix all of this. But now he knows that she can because it's a different situation. I think that parallelism is very good. Yeah. Because it's even like, yeah, he's brought back from the dead and he really only serves one purpose in this movie, but I think he even has some development. Uh huh. Which makes him for a compelling character. But so Max, oh yeah, so we're seeing all, sorry, Max is doing this worldwide broadcast and is like literally saying, make a wish. Yeah. I can grant it. He's doing what he like televised earlier in the movie. He is. And that's great. And so people start making wishes. Yeah. One woman wishes for a million dollars. Yeah. Another guy wishes for this woman to drop dead. She drops dead. Yeah. Great stuff. It's crazy. And so... Well, this is important to know. Prior to that, his son was in his office again because it's his weekend. Yeah. And he again is promising all these things to his son. And his son's like six years old. He doesn't understand anything. And when this broadcast is happening, he's just wishing for his dad. Yeah, and his wish is granted because Diana Prince grants his wish, basically. Yeah, but he makes an important point later right. about how it wasn't a wish. But, um, yeah, and then and then they're kind of talking, Diana and him, and she, unbeknownst to him, puts the lasso of truth on him, and he's being broadcast out to the world, and she tells everyone in the world, this is what you were saying with Patty Jenkins, it's words. Mm. She tells the whole world to renounce their wish through him and talks about, you know, love and courage and faith and hope, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's a, I'm, I don't remember what she said exactly. At, at but, first, when when she was just talking, you know, you, you think that she's just talking to Max, like trying yeah. to convince him to stop. And it is funny that first I'm like, she needs to be yelling. Yeah, because he's yelling to talk to her. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And then they show the last thing and it's like, okay, you fooled me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so people renounce their wish and he... But Max is the one who really needs to renounce it. That's right. That's what really counts. And then he does. And he sees his son. Yeah. Wandering around. He doesn't like die. He's going to be a better person. He learned. And it's interesting too, because how... So he, you know... Gets back to Washington, D.C., finds his son, and he tells his son, you know, his dad, his, his son is like, it's funny, he screams his son's name so often. Alistair! Yeah. He's so much in this movie. But he tells his son, you don't have to wish for me to be here. I'm here because I love you. 
Yeah. So he learns to be like what it means to be a good father. Mm -hmm. And it's just so sweet. We do get this flashback part two where you do understand more of him as a character. Um, Gotta love that. Um, But yeah, I don't even think no one goes to prison. No. Well, we can assume he did at some point. Well, what's interesting though is why would he go to prison? I like breaking laws and stuff like that. But it all was reversed. Yeah. Because when things are renounced, it's like uh, go back in time almost. Oh, you're right. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. He might go to prison for conning everyone before this whole thing. Started. I mean, there are definite, definite, <laughs> definite reasons of why he should go to prison. But like, even with Kristen Wiig, I mean, she'd obviously hurt people. But I, I'm just, it's just interesting that it doesn't end with like police carting people off. Yeah. Or someone dying. Yeah. It's about people learning things. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's a good movie. Hmm. I, I, I'm I'm a little does, dumbfounded why people don't like it. Does it end with a Diana voiceover again? It doesn't. That's right. the, That's almost why the beginning is even more infuriating because it's know. like you didn't even end cap it. That's yeah. weird. So she, it's Christmas time. She's walking through the city. Yeah. These kids hit her with a snowball. I guess that's her daughter and that's Patty, Patty Jenkins' son. Oh, okay. That's Gal Gadot's daughter. Not Diana Prince's. Yeah, <laughs> okay. right. Sorry. Um, just cute. Yeah, um, that is cute. And then this. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that though. I <laughs> sometimes like an extra mm-hmm. just has a standout, and I felt like the boy and and the girl, but the boy, his line where he's like, "Oh, sorry," I was just like, "That kid did a great delivery <laughs> on that. That was really yeah. natural." <laughs> his mom knows how to direct him. I guess so. Um, so the the man who Chris Pine. Whose, whose body Chris Pine was in shows mm-hmm. up. And it's funny because he's wearing one of the dumb outfits that Chris Pine tried on. And she comments that she likes it. And he, you know, he they, they just have a cute moment together. Yeah. And I do like where he's just like, happy holidays. Yeah. And, uh, and she learns to, in, to be content in that moment. Yeah. And she then we she get, learns to look around and see what's going on around her and yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. And not be stuck in the past. And then we get a mid credit scene. Yeah, with Linda Carter, mm-hmm. the Wonder Woman from the TV show, and she just like stops a pole from landing on someone, and you assume it's Wonder Woman, and then she turns around, like you assume it's Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. but she turns around, and it's her. And her name's like Aristair or... Something, I don't know. I don't know who that is or what yeah. that's a reference to, but I, I was like... Wonder Woman, I guess. Cool. And and then she, fun. she winks at the camera. Come on! Apparently winking is a Wonder Woman thing. <laughs> that and smirking it's great it's a great movie i really enjoyed it i liked it too sorry everybody i know i mean maybe if you didn't like it though you can see why uh we did yeah so let's see here we are sorry in... for not liking birds of prey and liking this movie <laughs> yeah. um so we are in the month of august seriously yeah which wow. means that our episode on Kill Bill Volume 1 is out on patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. We're really starting to gain some steam on Patreon. We're getting more and more people. And uh, if we get to 50 patrons, not if, when we get to 50 patrons, we're going to do, we're going to cover every Pixar movie, including the ones that don't have sequels. And we will continue to do that indefinitely until Disney forces the company to close. Yep. Um, So head over there, sign up. Now, can I, this might be a little boring for you, but I want to tell you about the upcoming DC slate. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. So 
It's a long list, but it's I find it very fascinating. So, we have Black Adam coming out next year, which is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and that is a villain of Shazam. Okay. It's directed by uh, a guy who is directing Jungle Cruise, directed Nonstop and House of Wax. So another kind what? of horror thriller guy. Very odd. Okay. We also have The Flash coming out. We have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Then we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And now we're getting into things that don't have release dates. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about, because some of these are kind of interesting. We have Batgirl, which is slated for HBO Max and not theatrical. Uh Uh-oh. And that was the movie that was going to be written and directed by Joss Whedon. I don't think that that movie is going to happen. We have Blue Beetle, which is supposed to come out on HBO Max. Uh, Booster Gold, probably not happening. Hasn't been greenlit yet. Deadshot, probably not happening because Will Smith didn't want to come back as Deadshot in the Suicide Squad. Uh, Gotham City Sirens, David Ayer movie. I doubt that one's going to happen. Green Lantern Corps, still scheduled. Doubt that one's going to happen. Um, and then there's like a list of just like of movies they've announced that they're gonna that they're like in pre-production. Hour Man, Lobo, Nightwing, Plastic Man, Static Shock, Supergirl, but there's like no info on them. Hmm. And then there's another movie called Zatanna, supposed uh, that was announced this year. Okay. But this is what I want to tell you about. There's a movie called Black Hawk that they have slated. And it was a movie that Steven Spielberg was going to make, but instead he made Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. One of the great American films ever. And it's about like these World War II people, like a crew in World War II. Indiana Jones? Blackhawk. Joking. Oh, okay. Um, but here's what's exciting about Blackhawk and is now the number one. If, if this really happens, and it might not, but Steven Spielberg is planning on directing it once he finishes up West Side Story. This is in like five years? No, it's once he finishes West Side Story, which comes out this year. I will absolutely forget about this. That's just crazy. And David Kep, who wrote the screenplay for Jurassic Park, is writing it. Okay. That is exciting to me. How crazy is it that a movie that he would have made in the 70s, uh, he's now getting the opportunity to make it again. That's very cool. Yeah. So I sorry I don't have more to say about it. Other I just than, I'm like that's Ooh. cool. Um so we have done it. We have next week we are covering the Suicide Squad. Um do you wanna put your final no. thoughts on just no DC? You wanna wait till next episode? Why? When people are listening to this, it's still going. Well, just so we can focus no. on the Suicide Squad. All right. But uh and uh once we finish Suicide Squad, we will be moving to the east coast and doing the godfather all three of them we're not skipping any of them (laughs) good (laughs) so uh we'll see you next time bye bye What's that? It was. It's in Community. The post-credit scene when Abed and Troy are in the study room sleeping because they're.
apartment's being fumigated and Dean comes in there and sings him a song. All right. I don't remember what he says, but it's funny. Probably just watched it. Uh, 